but I wanted to do horror stuff for my friend. Well, you're sorry, Hugh. It doesn't matter what your name is. Friday, July 16th, episode 103 of the Hezzy, basketballgods.net. So here we sit, 2-2. Let's ask some questions. Right, there are a lot of questions here as this series is tied right where the NBA wants it. I think first and foremost, what's up with Giannis? I know the headline is the greatest block of all time. I understand the context of it. Given the situation and what it could mean, yeah, it's on par with Braun's chase down. But the difficulty level? The impressiveness? Stop. Stop. Book overshot the pass by two feet, and it allowed Giannis to turn all the way around over his wrong shoulder and still get a piece of it. It was a great effort play, man. Didn't give up on it, but it was nowhere near as spectacular as LeBron tracking Iguodala for 50 feet like the fucking Predator. Come on now. Come on now. I think what's maybe most impressive about the play and the effort is the fact that Big G looks like he's running on E and he still made the play. Right? That's his signature style. I said it in the breakdown. You know, he may not have a go-to move or a signature move. I think for me, Giannis's signature is his motor and his effort. I think it's just being a little bit overhyped. Now, I know he got real cute post-game talking about taking a tinkle. I'm not buying it. Every time he's checked out of the game early, he's either over there catching his breath, damn near hyperventilating, or sometimes you'd see him pacing in the tunnel. And my question is, did Giannis ever test positive for COVID? Like, God forbid this is a COVID-related issue because the P excuse is high-key insulting. I, have we even seen him go to the locker room? I don't even think he's gone to the locker room. Like, if someone was really watching the tape. So, you know, you know what it is? Maybe it's just an adrenaline dump from being in the finals and on this stage, and he needs to kind of just, like, uh, recalibrate after a few minutes with the, with the adrenaline. You know, hopefully it's nothing serious, but uh, I think that that was a very predetermined answer because they knew people were going to start to ask questions about it. But I am very curious to see how Giannis looks tomorrow back in Phoenix because he played that game four in second gear. And look, his second gear, for a lot of bigs, it's their third or fourth gear. So maybe it's not that apparent, but he looks like he's starting to wear down. Probably from dragging that 220-pound sack of trash, otherwise known as Drew Holiday. Too harsh? Too harsh? But Alk, but Alk, Drew's a great guy. Hey, man, I, <laughs> I've met plenty of nice bums, but they're still bums. Nah, man, nah, you know I'm just, I'm just popping shit. Look, I know Drew is a super solid dude by all accounts, comes from a, a strong black family of excellence. But a spade's a spade. The dude has been playing like a bum. There's no other way to put it. He is down 10% across the board with his shooting splits in the playoffs. From 50 to 40 from the field, 39 to 29 from three, 
and basically from 80 to 70 from the free throw line, the entire playoffs. So the question is, does he have a breakout game? All he needs is one on this stage to get them over the hump, and then no one will remember how bad this, this playoff run was for Drew. All right, moving on. What's good with Chris Paul? The rumor is he has torn ligaments in both hands. I'll tell you what, if he does, he's sure hiding it well, man. Because, look, I've seen him grimace a few times for sure, but he's been pretty damn stoic about it, right? He's, he's really trying to hide it, if that's the case. And that certainly would explain a lot of those turnovers. But here's what it is. Chris Paul is the quarterback, right? And you know what the saying is with quarterbacks. He's going to get all the credit and he's going to get all the blame. Not to be hyperbolic, but his legacy is on the line. Now, is he already a first ballot Hall of Famer? Of course. That's not what I'm talking about. But his legacy from an optics perspective, from the barbershop, it's on the line. If he can't get it done again due to injury or being too small, being too much of an asshole, however you want to slice it, that's going to stick to his legacy, especially because it's in his final act, right? That's what we're going to remember last. And so my question is, if he really is hurt, at what point do he and Monty go to campaign for the team's sake, right? Because all we've heard during this run for the Suns is, it's about Chris. We want to win it for Chris. It's for Chris. Well, is it so much for Chris that you're going to potentially sacrifice a championship so he can be out there with no hands trying to get it done? I don't know, man. I get it. You, he's your vet. You got like you got to have him out there. But do you at a certain point campaign? I don't know, man. I don't know. It's just going to be an interesting question if he continues to struggle. How long do you stick with him or do you just go out with Chris Paul out there handless? Next question. Are the refs going to decide on a style of play? I'm not going to dive into all the suspect shit we saw in that game four. It is what it is now, right? It's been talked to death. It's pretty simple. Either let them play or not. And look, we have to understand, there's bang, bang calls every game, right? They're not going to get every call right. Just be consistent. Are you going to let them play physical or not? You can't have a touch foul on one end and then let somebody club somebody or wrap them up and it's a no call. Just be consistent. So we'll see as it moves back to Phoenix. Um, yeah, I don't know if it's been, I don't know that the analytics of the home whistle or not. It's just been all over the place, right? I don't think either fan base can cry foul because it's just been weird both ways. So now I think we got to acknowledge the 240 pieces, right? With Devin Booker, I think what we're seeing that separates him from a lot of his peers is it's not that he's just comfortable playing through contact. He seeks it. He wants contact, and you see how well that's treated him in his first playoff run. The Suns, they went to that handoff action over and over again where he comes off a Crowder screen, and then he takes the handoff from Ayton into the mid. And you saw the Bucks defending that where Lopez was dropping so Drew or PJ, whoever was on book, could fight through and eventually contest that pull-up jumper. They could either go under, they could go over the top. That's why... The drop was happening from Lopez, and you assume you got to give Booker and the Suns a different look moving into this game five, right? You know, we know we know uh, Bud's not going to adjust in game, but he should make an adjustment here. How do you deal with it? I think you got to have Lopez show hard 
or even maybe ice the handoff and send Book back left, right? You see both Book and CP want to get to that right wing. So, you know, maybe even encourage them to drop it off to Aiton. Asking those guys to track him through that, it obviously it didn't work. So Lopez, I know what they want. I know what the Suns want out of this. The counter that they want is the switch and have Lopez out on an island and get in it. That ultimately may be what happens, but maybe show or ice the handoff and send him back left. Let Aiton roll, and you just consider how soft he's been in the paint the last few games. Maybe you could live with him trying to finish over Book, you know, hanging another 40 on you. So I'm curious to see what change they make with that coverage. As far as the model from Milwaukee goes, Chris Middleton, how do the Suns deal with him and that Giannis pick and roll? First thing I'd do is I'd drop Drew's man to the nail. Dare Drew to shoot the three, right? He's at 29%. Just had, just sag off him. And the Bucks have been pretty clever. If you notice, they've been putting him in the dunker spot. They're, they're giving Drew the, the, the Ben Simmons treatment. They're acknowledging like, yeah, man, we don't want him shooting threes either. So, you know, maybe that's out the window. I'd like to see what it looks like with Aiton switching on to Middleton. I think he could stay in front and give some solid contests on those pull-ups. But then I guess the problem would be Bridges or Cam Johnson switching on to Giannis. But you could argue, you could argue, like, just let Giannis eat. Shut Middleton down and you'll win. Just let Giannis eat. Again, also, when you consider it looks like he's wearing down, does Giannis have another 40-point performance in him? Maybe dare him to do that because he's, he's going to score anyway? But, you know, it's not like there's a lot of options. With either of these teams, we talk about schemes and adjustments. There's only like two or three things you could do, right? And so a lot of the time, it's not what you've done. It's when you've decided to deploy them. You've got two or three coverages. How do you start and how do you finish? Are you going to start doubling? Are you going to finish switching, right? And what are the consequences of each coverage? And so a lot of the time, it's the timing of it. And look, it may just come down to health right? CP, Giannis. But if we're talking coaches and strategies, you got to favor Monty as far as just being more dynamic and creative, more on the fly, right? You see all the stuff hitting Team USA now, right? Bradley Beal is out. COVID protocol. That's a big hit, right? Like that's, he was the starting two guard, I believe. And then you saw Trey Young, did you see him post the, the Isaiah Thomas video talking about how he was iced off the Olympic team in the Jordan days? He was iced off the dream team. Y'all know the story. And so Trey with the not so subtle hint of like, hey, give me a call. I'm ready. And look, I wouldn't be mad at Trey. Like, I think that would be an entertaining ad, right? That's good marketing. But if the U.S. really wants to win this and kind of solidify and make sure that they don't get embarrassed, I'm probably giving Kyle Lowry a call. Now, at 36 years old, he, he's probably going to say thanks, but no thanks. But either him or maybe even Jimmy Butler. Because they don't necessarily need more scoring. I think they need another leader. They need another communicator and leader. You got Draymond out there, right? Uh, that's it. Who, el who else is a leader on, on this team, right? They need another leader. They need a little more fire to the ice on that roster. So I'm calling Lowry or Jimmy. Jeremy Grant out as well. I don't. I didn't even catch. Is he? I think he entered the COVID protocol too. Shout out to everyone on the patron Discord, man, because y'all are bringing the news and the takes. It's it's real nice. It's like a perfectly filtered Twitter feed. And so this morning I see on there, 
Kevin Love has packed his shit up and left. Talking about his sore calf. This dude is something else. Right? Kevin Love is something else. I thought this was his redemption tour. Right? Like it was like, okay, K Love, let's see what you got left. I thought this was a way for him to audition for contenders and kind of revive himself. No, no, no. He's packing his shit and leaving. He might as well just retire. <laughs> he might as well just retire, right? That's just crazy, man. Maybe the writing's on the wall. Maybe some of these guys are like, you know what? Maybe I don't want to be a part of this. This is this ain't looking too good. I don't want to be a stain on USA basketball. So it looks like they have quite a few spots to fill. And I, you know, you could go get star power. You could go get scoring and names. But again, maybe a, maybe Robert Covington, he'd be a nice guy for international game, a good team defender, obviously a three-point shooter. So we'll see how they fill out this roster before they head over to Tokyo. And I think that if not for nothing else, it's going to be entertaining because it's not going to just be a, a, a smashing, right? It's going to be competitive. So I'm, I'm curious to see how that goes and who they fill in with. It'll probably be Trey, right? Maybe Donovan Mitchell. It'll usually be a young guy because those are the guys that that have the fresh legs. We'll see. Coming up here, I'm a, I'm a I'm a wrap this one up. It's a little shorter here, obviously, as we head into the off season. But um, I'm gonna go ahead and start watching tape on Moses Moody. He will be my next scouting report. I know some of you are asking who's next, and yeah, I mean he's the buzz is building around him with the Warriors, right? He's a clutch client. Already knows Draymond. But you know what, man? I was thinking like Draymond, it's, he's obviously the mouthpiece for the players. And supposedly he has a lot of input. Like he's in the war room. He's in the draft room with the Warriors. If you ask me, Draymond has lost his say in the draft room since the Jacob Evans pick. When he called Jacob Evans a 16-game player, remember that? The kid out of Cincinnati who is now like, I don't know, working at Home Depot. You know, it, it, you know, that's fine. Draymond, Draymond can can give his thought, but I don't know how much I'm listening to Draymond after that one. But I guess, you know, it's a tough process. We ain't going to hit them all, but I just, I remember how strong he was on that pick. What else? What else? What else? You see the Richard Sherman news. And, you know, hopefully it ends in a happy ending. Thankfully, there was no, nothing got, nothing, there was no true violence from what I've seen. It almost got there, but it didn't. And look, you can blame CTE and, and mental health and the breakdowns all you want, but this dude has shown us this his entire career, if you want to keep it 100. The only difference was it was on the field, so it was celebrated. But he's been an asshole. Like, pay attention. Richard Sherman's been a, a super asshole who's always tippy-toed the line. So I'm, I'm not surprised, but, you know, I just hope that it ends well. You know what I mean? For him, because it's, it's a... Uh, Maybe it can be a lesson learned without anybody getting hurt. Anyway, y'all enjoy the weekend. This is the Hezzy brought to you by basketballgods.net. I'm out, y'all.